Already I'm, people are departing. Already, already my reputation goes before me. Okay. It is great to see you here tonight. And uh, I wonder if you've got a Bible, if you turn with me to 2 Kings in chapter 4. 2 Kings in chapter 4. If you've not come prepared with your Bible, don't worry because I'm going to read it anyway. Who's excited? Who's in hope here tonight? Who's in hope? Yeah. Let's begin to read, shall we? 2 Kings in chapter 4, and uh, we'll begin to read from verse 17. Just before we, we get there, just to say that the verses before verse 17 from 1 to 16 tell a story of a, of a lady who was childless and the prophet spoke to her and said to her that this time next year she would have a child. And we pick up the story in verse 17, but the woman became pregnant and the next year about the same time she gave birth to a son just as Elisha had told her. The child grew and one day he went out to his father who was with the reapers he said to his father, my head, my head. And his father told a servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door and went out. I'm going to carry on reading, but I just want to pause there for a moment. To just say, have you any idea how this woman must have felt? She called her husband and said, please send me and one of the servants on the donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. And her husband answered him, why go to him today, he asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. That's all right, she said. So she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, lead on, don't slow down for me until I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to the, his servant Gehazi, Look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, Are you all right? Is the husband all right? Is your child all right? And she replied, Everything's all right. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away. But the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is in bitter distress. But the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. She said to Elijah, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? Didn't I tell you, don't raise my hopes? And Elisha said to, Geha to Gehazi, took your cloak, cloak into your belt, take my staff in your hand and run. Don't greet anyone you meet. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face. But there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and said to him, The boy has not awakened. And when Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on the couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. As he stretched himself out on him, the boy's body grew warm. 
And Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room. And then got on the bed, stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. And Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. And he did. When she came, he said, take his son. She came in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. You may say this is a very strange passage for me to read from on this particular night. Well, I just want to launch straight into it. We're not, this isn't a trial run. This is church. I'm not here to, to, you know, just tickle everybody's fancy. I'm here to deliver a message here tonight. And um, I don't know whether you've ever been in a situation where you feel like you've heard from God. So God has spoken to you. I'm not talking about a whim or a fancy or you've had too much cheese. I'm talking about the fact that God's actually said something to you. And when God says something to you, the Bible says he is not a man that he should lie. So you can trust in God and you can trust his word when he has spoken to you. And this is what happened in this situation. This woman had heard from God. She'd had a dream, a promise from God that in a year's time she would give birth and surely she did. And it may be that you've had a dream. It may be that you've had a promise. It may be that you feel you've had something that God has spoken to you. Something that you've been living with, with purpose. And it's been snatched away from you. It's been stolen from you. It's shattered dreams. It's lost dreams. It's broken dreams. It's despair. Where there was once hope, now there's despair. Am I talking to anybody tonight? I believe I am. Because there's people here who have lived with brokenness. And you started so well, and yet someone has cut into your journey. And now instead of living in hope, you're now living in despair. Because the dream has been snatched away from you. I want to talk about dream resurrection tonight, just for a few moments. I believe there are two types of people in life. There are dream igniters, and there are dream extinguishers. We all know what a fire extinguisher does, don't we? What does it do? It puts a fire out. And there are some people that you meet who all they do is they extinguish the dream in you. They just put the dream out by their negative comments, by their mindset, by their moaning and groaning. I hope you're not here tonight. I hope if you are, you're very welcome because we believe that we can turn dream extinguishers into dream igniters. Amen. But there are two kinds of people. And there are those who are negative and, and just... As I've mentioned, but there's those who ignite a dream. Who ignite a dream. Elisha was such a a prophet, such a man. Where he began to speak something to this lady. And he ignited something in her heart. I trust that in the life of this church, here in Mansfield, we will be renowned for many things. We'll be renowned for a culture of grace and mercy and love and compassion. But I also believe... And hope that we'll be renowned as a, as a community of believers, a family that are full of hope, full of dream, full of purpose, full of promise. Because that is what God wants to do amongst us. For too long the church has been on the back foot, would you agree? Where it's been negative. And the reality is the media have got it spot on. The church has been dire, it's been dusty, it's been boring, it's been irrelevant. It's not been full of character. But we're believing that the change is coming. Where churches are arising. Not just this church. All around the nation where churches are arising. Full of purpose. Full of hope. And full of character. Where they say what they mean. And they mean what they say. 
And here we see this lady who was now in a situation because she had received the dream, but now her dream was being challenged. We can all read the story. How do we know it was being challenged? Well, the very dream was before her. It was her son. It was the boy. And now it announces, I believe in verse 20, that the boy is what? Dead. The boy is dead. Does it feel like to you that your dream is dead? Does it feel like you've come in here under duress? Does it feel to you tonight that you're thinking, why have I come here? I've made the biggest mistake of my life. No, you haven't, lady and gentlemen. You haven't made. This is, this is the word of the Lord to you. That God has great purpose for your life. He's wanting to resurrect the dream in you again. He's wanting to do something new in your life. And we see this lady, and she was being challenged. Her dream was challenged. But I believe there are five things that we must do. And five things that I can see from this, from this passage of Scripture. And I just want to lay them out there. And if you have a notepad and pen, just take notes. That will encourage me. And uh, I trust they'll be of great help and benefit to you. The first thing I want to say is this. This lady did the smartest thing she ever did. She brought the dream to God. She brought the dream to God. If you have got a dream and you feel like it's been shattered and broken, I want to encourage you to come back to God. To give yourself to God again. Don't faff around Fiddle around, mess around any longer. Give yourself to God. Fully, completely to God. And she brought the dream to God. It says in verse 20 that she laid her son on the man of God's bed. And then verse, from verse 21 through to verse 27, it talks about how she saddled the donkey with her servant to go and see the man of God. In verse 27, she came to Elisha. I meet a lot of people who say they've got a dream. My challenge to them all the time is keep bringing your dream to God. Keep praying about it. Keep trusting God with your dream. Do you not understand that he owns the universe? He's able to take care of your life. If he's able to take care of the universe, he's able to take care of your life. Bring your dream before God. Listen to me. Listen to me. Some of you here have a dream. Have a dream. Some of you are so young, it's not been challenged. I want to tell you, your dream will be challenged if it's truly from God. Joseph, who's renowned as being a dreamer, what did they try to do in Genesis 37? They said, here comes the dreamer. We will kill the dream. Kill the dream. When you have anything in your heart, and when God puts anything in your heart, it will be challenged. It will be contested for. But I want to encourage you, young person, if you've got a dream, you keep dreaming in Jesus' name. But there's some other people here tonight who've had a dream and it's been broken. I want to encourage you to keep listening to me. Bring your dream back to God. The second thing she did, she held the dream in her heart. She held the dream in her hands. Because it says in verse 20, I think it's one of the most loveliest verses out of this passage. Just so shows the tenderness of a mother. Because it says there that the boy sat on her lap until noon. And then he died. 
I don't know whether ever any of you guys, it's not the joy, but have ever had the challenge of holding somebody in your arms or holding their hands until they pass away. I understand it's not a very, in, on one side, it's a very meaningful thing, but on another side, it's the most horrible thing to see somebody slip away who you love. But what she, got, what she did, she got hold of the dream and she held the dream. She held the dream in her, in her hands, in her hands and, and, and on her lap. And too often we let the dream go too quickly, don't we? There's a few challenges along the way. There's a few hiccups. There's a few blips. And we say, well, it can't be God because it's too difficult. So I'll leave the dream. Now I'm encouraging you to hold the dream. Are you hearing me tonight? To hold the dream. Hold the dream. Hold it tenderly. Do what Mary did where she pondered things in her heart. I'm not talking about bragging and shouting about the odds of the dream. I'm talking about holding the dream. I put a phrase down here. You know when you hold somebody on your lap, I mean my kids call me the human radiator. I think your kids will do the same with you. You're always hot. Sharon always does. When my wife is cold in bed at night, she doesn't need a hot water bottle. She just needs me. Yeah. Baby. Did you like that? Did you like that, boys? That's a, that deserves a high five. That does. That deserves a, Come on. But I don't know about you. When you hold something or hold someone, they may be cold. And I can do it with my children. I did it last night. My son, we were out at this firework demonstration and it was, it was cold. And he, and he said, I'm cold. But as soon as I got hold of him, what did I do? I kept him warm. I believe she was keeping the dream warm. She was holding this dream on her lap. She was saying, I'm going to keep this dream warm. This is my dream. I am not going to let this dream go. And some of you have got a dream and you need to keep the dream warm. What else did she do? Well, I believe that she confessed the dream. In verse 26, the most startling thing happens because the, the, the servant comes and, and asks her the question, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is the child all right? And what does she answer? Everything's all right. Everything's all right. She was confessing that her dream was alive and well. Now the circumstances may tell you he's dead. Everything about you may say, there's no hope, there's no chance of any survival, it's dead and it's buried and you need to forget it. But I want to encourage you, where there's life, there's hope. And we need to be people that believe God and believe the promise of God over our life and confess the dream of God. Again, I'm not talking about bragging. I'm not talking about showing off. That was Joseph's problem. He had to learn some lessons because he was quick to tell his brother and his, and his, and his mom and dad how they were going to bow down before him. That was bragging. I'm talking about confessing the dream in your quiet times. Confessing what God has said over your life. It may be that your marriage is not good at this particular moment. It may be that your business is not great at the moment. It may be that your family, there's problems at the moment. But you have a promise from God. May I encourage you? To confess the dream in your quiet times. 
To trust God and say, God, in you I trust and in you alone, doesn't matter what the circumstances tell me, I am going to trust you with all of my heart. And this is what this woman did. She confessed the dream. I came across a really, really interesting story last week. And this is what really triggered me on this train of thought for here. I don't know whether you, ever you, any of you saw the headline of this Australian lady who gave birth to twins. Did anybody see the story? She gave birth to twins. And uh, there was a boy and there was a girl. And they were born at 27 weeks, so they were only two pound apiece. And the girl was fine, but um, there was no sign of the other child. And they brought the other child in, and the doctor said to her, have you got a name for your son? Son, yeah, we're going to call him Jamie. And they said, we're really, really sorry. But we've tried to revive him for the last 20 minutes, but unfortunately your son hasn't made it. He's died. So this young mom, with her husband, gets hold of this little boy. This is a true story. Gets hold of this little boy. You see the pictures where she's just opened. I'm not going to do it, ladies. Calm down, okay. But she just... She's the first night, yeah. It gets better. It gets better. Okay. She just undid her top and just laid this little boy on her chest. And the journalist reports that what she did, she started to tell him his name. She said, your name's Jamie. And you've got a sister. I can't remember what the sister's name and her name is. And we're your mum and dad. And we love you so very much. And we had so much things planned for your life. You are such a special little boy. We love you. And she just begun to speak to this little boy. Two hours later, so that tells you how long she was confessing the dream. There was movement. And the doctor said, and, and bearing in mind, this little boy was clinically dead. They could not revive him. And the doctors said, no, it's just, that happens. It's reflexes. While she continued to talk to him. And then what happened was, this little boy, his head moved from side to side. His eyes opened. And he grabbed hold of this little woman, this, this, this woman's finger. This is, this is on a secular, this is Sky News reporting it. She gets some of her breast milk and begins to feed him from her finger. And he begins to suck on this thing. The picture shows the story of this little baby, two pounds, and this mom. Five months later, this little boy is alive and kicking, ready to take on the world. You want to talk about confessing the dream and believing God for the very best. This woman was truly remarkable. The father actually says, you know, I'm just so glad that we just trusted her motherly instincts. She was such a wise mom. Because the reality is that little boy would have died. But she confessed the dream. I want to say what else we need to do, and I'll be through very quickly. Not only do we need to hold the dream, bring the dream before God, confess the dream. We need to fight for the dream. Fight for the dream. Some of you here want to quit. Some of you here are desperate to quit on the dream. You just want to give up on the dream that God has laid before you. But I want to encourage you tonight to fight for the dream. If you just give me your attention for a moment. Verse 27. Verse 27 says this. 
Oh dear, Caitlin. Oh dear. You have lost your balloon. We'll get you one later. Do not fear. Confess the dream. Fight for the dream. The dream's arrived. It's here. Verse 27, it says. <laughs> Gehazi, as this woman fell at Elisha's feet, Gehazi came over to push her away. To push her away. Listen, you've got to fight for your dream. You've got to be persistent with your dream. You've got to hold on to your dream. Are you hearing me tonight? Don't allow the enemy, don't allow the devil, don't allow Satan to snatch away from your life. God's got great things for your life. If you believe any other lie, it's a lie. It's, I'm telling you, it's just a lie. It's another story. It's a smokescreen. He didn't promise us a bed of roses, but God promised us a life of purpose and fulfillment. We have to fight for the dream. And the last thing I want to say is this in my closing. And this is possibly one of the most important things in handling dreams. Are you all ready for this profound thought? Well, there's two people ready. You're all ready for this profound thought. Or are you all knackered now after worship and everything else? You must trust God with the detail. You must trust God with the detail. Why do I say that? Well, she was given a dream of a boy. If she wasn't trusting God with the detail, she'd be panicking now, and there was no panic in her. There was calm assurance. Because she knew that God had given her a son, therefore God will take care of that son, and that son would live a long life, because it's not God's intention when there's such a prophetic promise. There was some purpose to this son's life. Let me give you another example of Joseph. Joseph went from being kingpin in the family to then being sold out by his brothers. He then found himself, so he was in a pit. Then he went to Potiphar's, you know, stately home. Then he was thrown into prison. Then from prison, he went to where? The palace. If anybody trusted God with the details, it's him. You see, God may give you a, de a dream, but he ain't going to give you all the detail. And sometimes some of the detail feels like there's some deviations. Are you hearing me tonight? There's some deviations along the way. There's some challenges along the way. You may think, well, I've got this dream. It should all run well. No, it doesn't always run well with the dream. You have to contend for the dream. You have to fight for the dream. You have to trust God with the dream. And very often we're saying, well, that, if that's how it's going to work, then I'm, I'm not playing anymore. So we pick our ball up. Forget God. It's not worked how I want it to work. So I'm not playing anymore, God. I'll go over this side. Are you hearing me? And I have literally seen people where this has happened to them. They've run so well and then something has cut in on them. And they haven't trusted God with the detail. God can take your life, and weave his purposes through. Sure, there's some highs, and sure, there's some lows. Anybody had any highs here in Jesus? Lift your hand. Give me a shout. Anybody had any lows here tonight? Give me some wave handling and some, whoa, yeah. There's plenty of people with highs 
and lows. Why do we have the highs and lows? Because we live in a broken world. And there are challenges. But this lady trusted God with the detail. She was persistent. And as a result of her persistence, it says there in verse 37, she came in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. We have no mention of this lady's name. We have no mention of her son's name. We've been running a series called Unsung Heroes. If you want to hear it, it's on our podcast, www.arenachurch.co.uk. It's Unsung Heroes. And here's one here. She is not given a name. We know where she's from. We don't know have any mention of her son's name. We don't know what happened with them from this time onwards. But one thing we do know is that she trusted God with the detail and she was not going to allow the dream to be snatched from her life. I want you to just turn and I'm finished with this. In John 10.10, 10, you may say, I don't need to turn there. I want you to turn there. John chapter 10 verse 10. When we talk about the dream, I believe this for every person that's here. I'm not bothered where you're from, what your circumstances are like at this moment. I want to announce this to you in faith and tell you that the thief, his name is Satan. He's a very real foe. He's not just a figment of our imagination. He's very real. His purpose for your life is to steal, to kill and destroy. That is all he wants to do with your life. If you're living to suit yourself at this moment, I want to tell the only, you might be having a great time at the moment, having lots of fun at the moment. That's, that, that's cool. It isn't cool. But you may think, well, everything's hunky-dory. It won't be. It will turn. Because his sole intention over your life is to steal, kill, and destroy you. That's all he will do with your life. And then he'll spit you out once he has finished with you. How do I know that? Because I've met multitudes of people that he's done it to. Now let me give you the dream. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life in all of its fullness. That says to me, amazing life. That says to me, prosperous life. That says to me, absolutely rip-roaring roller coaster, ah, woo, ah, kind of life. You've all been on the roller coaster. That is what God His dream over your life that you may have life and have it to the full. I wonder if you'd just bow your head for a moment. Julie, I wonder if you'd just... On our first night here at this great football club in this great town, I already feel incredibly at home in Mansfield it may be that you're far away from God maybe that you know nothing of God it may be that you once knew God you once ran well with God but now you don't and the dream has been snatched away from your life and you've given up on the dream I've announced to you today that Jesus come, has come that you may have life and life in all of its fullness. And his words to you tonight is, come follow me. While every eye is closed, while every head is bowed, doesn't matter about the babies doing what they're doing, they're having a competition at the moment who can shout the loudest. 
But in this moment, I wonder if you'd say to me, Christian, I want you to pray with me because I want to get my life back on track. It's not all going to happen in an instant. Well, I don't have a magic wand. Just by coming to church ain't going to change anything. But you're coming back to God and giving your dream back to God and saying, God, I'm inviting you into my life. That's where it all begins. Is there anybody tonight who says, yeah, that's me, Christian. I want to come back to God. Who'd be, who'd be the first? Thank you. Anybody else tonight who says, yeah, I want to give my life to God. I want to make my life count for him. I want to give, my, give everything back to him. Anybody else tonight? Join with this gentleman. Anybody else tonight who says, yes, to God. Yeah, I want to follow God. The dream's been stolen, Christian. The, the dream's shattered. But I want to bring it back to God. I want God back in my life. Is there anybody else here tonight who would say, yeah, that's me? Anybody else? Before I pray, who says, yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Tonight who says, yeah. This is a divine moment, friend. Anybody else who says, yeah, I want to give my life to God. I want to make my life right with Him. This is why we're here. This is what it's all about. Just in these last few seconds, you may say, yeah, I want to do it. And there's an internal struggle going on. Just do it. So anybody else who says, yeah, I want to lift my hand. I want to come back to God. In these last seconds. Lord, we thank you tonight for these two responses. We believe in, Lord, in faith that this is going to be two of many, many hundreds of responses in the coming days. Lord, we thank you that you give us dreams. You fill our lives with purpose. We just need to keep bringing everything back to you. It's all about you. It's not about us. It's about you. I pray, Lord Jesus, tonight for those people who feel like the the dream has been broken and shattered. It's been stolen. Pray in Jesus' name that in this week something will happen in, in situations. There'll be a turnaround in situations even this week that will show that will show people that you are on the throne and you are at work. I pray you bless these two guys in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to finish with a great song.